Welcome to the Josh Scanlon Podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash heritage wealth planning. I hope you find it informative. Thanks. Talk about the TSPF fund, F as in Foxtrot or F as in fixed income. That's what the F stands for, the bond fund that the TSP offers. So let's dive right into it. Welcome to Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel, the place you come to learn about TSP funds and all of the other investment opportunities and strategies that are under the sun, plus financial planning, tax planning, estate planning, cash flow budgeting, the whole thing right here at Heritage Wealth Planning. So if you like what you see, uh, hit the subscribe button down there. It's actually a little tiny button that says subscribe, which I have running on this uh, whole screen. But underneath that, it'll be a little bit of a bigger red rectangle that says hit subscribe. So if you hit subscribe, then you want to hit the little bell for notification to be notified of future content. We try to do one video a day here to keep you up to date because lots going on out there. So thanks for coming. Let's dive right into this. So we talked yesterday about the TSP, the G Fund, which is a government bond fund. And I'm trying to make the case that historical yields and historical rates of turn are irrelevant when it comes to bond funds. It really, it really is. And the G fund in particular, but the F fund as well, because the F fund is a fixed income and fixed income simply means bonds. So let's just dive right into the TSP. We're going to kind of go over this a little bit to tell you what's in this fund. A thrift savings plan. Uh, you got the G, the F, the C, the S, the I. The G is the government bonds. The F is a fixed income. The C is a common stock, large company, S&P 500. The S is it was essentially the extended market index, which is the U.S. Uh, mid and small cap. And then you got the international fund. We'll get in all these later. And then you got the L funds, which is a conglomeration or a combination of all of these uh, in some degree of risk. So here are the F, government, corporate and mortgage backed securities, bonds, uh, objective fund to match the performance of the U.S. Uh, uh, Bloomberg U.S. aggregate bond index, which is the typical proxy for the bond market. Uh, risk is credit risk of corporation can't pay his debt back and whatnot. Um, and then we see administrative expenses again, uh, 3.2 bips, which, <laughs> which means it costs you 32 cents per thousand dollar investment per year. It's just insanely how cheap that is. Uh, and this has been around since 1988. All right. So let's go ahead now. Let's see what the performance has been. Uh, so again, you have the G funds, government securities. You got the F fund is more so in terms of corporate bonds. And what we're going to do here is we're going to go to annual returns and then we're going to go to individual fund charts. Now, there's a G fund that is a steady dropping in terms of returns. And I just showed you yesterday. That's simply due to the, the yields have gone down or actually what's actually more be more specific is a coupons. New bonds are issuing. So we talked about the essay. I won't dive into that much today, but that's what's happening now. And so the returns from these previous years are completely don't matter going forward. And the F funds, the same thing. So we're going back to 1988. You can see we had high returns, high returns. That's in 1995. We had a big knockoff in 1994. Uh, some attribute that to the Republicans taking over the House of Congress or the House of uh, actually both sides of both uh, the House and the Senate for the first time since 1940s. I don't know about that so much, but, you know, that was a pretty significant drop in, in the uh, increase in interest rates, which caused the bond prices to just get hammered. But the next year, fully recovered. 1999, we saw the same thing. And then in 2008, huh, interesting. 2008, the F fund made money. Now, that jumps out at me. And if it doesn't jump out at you, that's fine. That's why you're watching the YouTube channel. And then in 2013, it was down a little bit. 
Now, the reason why that jumps out at me in 2008, because the only thing that made money in 2008, there's only one aspect of the market, and that's all markets, stocks and bonds, that made any money within 2008 was government bonds. Nothing else made money. Treasuries were up, long treasuries were up, short treasuries were up, you name it, they made money. Mortgage-backed securities were up. If they're a Ginny May, the Government National Mortgage Association, not necessarily the Fannies or the Freddies, but the Ginny May was. And the Ginny May are actually who loans me my money to buy my house I'm in through the VA, the Veterans Administration. That's what a Ginny May is. And so the fact that in 2008, these guys are up in the F fund tells me they keep a lot of government-backed mortgage securities and government bonds. That way they avoided being hammered in 2008 like most other funds did, on bond in particular. So when you have a combination of the F and the G fund, you're not nearly as diversified as I like, frankly, because you have the F fund doesn't have nearly as many corporate bonds as I think it should, given the fact that G is another, uh, you, you do have another option for government bonds. But the F fund does have government bonds. There's no other way around that. You can tell exactly from right here at what happened in 2008. 2013, we had a little bit of an increase in, uh, or decrease in the price per share, the offset, the yield you're getting, but then it bounced back again in 2014. That's histor historically what happens. You get a bad year in one of the bonds, and the next year it recoups. Bad year in one of the bonds, next year it recoups. Bad year in one of the bonds, next year it recoups. So that's the F fund. All right, so that's pretty interesting to me is you had high returns, and again, not to the extent as this can be seen. That Look at that. That's just like a sled. But here is high, then slowly going down and down and down and down. And again, the reason for that, if you watched my video yesterday, is because the coupons of new bonds being issued are much, much lower than they were back here. All right. So now let's go into the, uh, I think we go to view table. I want to show you this actually. Yeah. All right. So here's the F fund. 2008 was up 5.45 when a lot of bonds funds were just hammered. 2009 was up six where a lot of bonds just tore it up. Then 2007, you can see here. So a pretty stable track record of, of performance that you can kind of lay your hat on. Um, and then you, you compare that C fund and whatnot. But I want to compare it to something else because this is a fund that I'm pretty fond of, or at least I, I mean, I'm pretty familiar with. It's the USA Income Fund. And the USA Income Fund is gonna be almost explicitly corporate bonds, all right? And so what we have here is we have an intermediate bond fund in the F fund of the TSP, and then you have an intermediate bond fund in the USAIX, which is the USA Income Fund. And the USA Income Fund's got a lot of money. It's got like $8 billion in there. Not to the extent that TSP does, don't get me wrong, but for a firm like USA, it's, that's a lot of money. Five-star rating. Why am I showing you this? Because I wanna show you something. And here's our year-to-year -year ratings. And basically, look what happened in 2008. In 2008, this was down 5%. 2008, TSP was up 5%. 2009, TSP was up 6%. 2009, our phone was up 19.74%. The point of that is, is that the only reason you know that this has more corporate bonds is because we had a big, uh, you know, again, 5% isn't huge, but for a bond fund, it's a pretty significant hit and the net price per share, which had lost 5%. And then it came back strongly the following year. 1999, same thing, it was down 3.85 and 1994 is down again. So I, I don't know if something happened with the TSP to get out of more corporate bonds because all bonds took on the chin in 94, 99. 
and they did not take it on the chin TSP in 2008, which tells, which inherently says they have more government bonds. I don't know if that's a, I don't know what that historical was. And frankly, I don't care. I just wanted to point that out. If you look at a bond fund and it did not get crushed in 2008, that just means it's more government bonds than corporate bonds. And so not only did TSP not get crushed in 2008, it actually made a little bit of money. Now, the following year didn't make nearly as much, but in terms of steady returns, I mean, look, look at this. I mean, you can't, it's hard to argue with that. Look at that. I mean, just a couple of small down years. Nothing wrong with that. That's for sure. But let's go. But anyway, so if we look at our proxy, the USA fund, and we should, they're pretty doggone close. I mean, so here's 2017 USAIX was up 5.66. 2016 is up 5.84. Let's look at TSP. 2017, the iPhone is up 5.4, I'm sorry, 3.82, 2.91. It just shows you again, there's more government bonds in this than an average intermediate bond fund. And going back to what they're looking at in terms of the index, they're looking at the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index. And so you're not going to get nearly the juice in terms of total returns on the F fund as you would in like a corporate bond fund that's more trying to get corporate bonds in there for sure. But I want to show something else. All right, so let's go to, so if you look at USA right now is, is yielding, uh, I just had it up there, let's see. I think it's like 3.4%, all right? So 3.4%. And I'm going to show you something I want you to be very, very understanding when it comes to bond funds, because I think people make this mistake a lot and they shouldn't. It's a, it's a rookie mistake that should not be made. Yeah, there's a yield right now, 3.4. So basically, all you're doing to get that 3.4 is they're giving your average coupon, and we could figure it out. I, I don't want to right here. but And they're taking your average coupon, and they're taking the price, which is 12.74, and that gives you a yield of 3.4%. Pretty simple. So if you held this today for every 100000 bucks, you get $3,400. That's how it works. <laughs> it, now, let's go back, though. So here's historically USA. Since 1974, when this puppy was incepted, it was averaged 7.89%. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people make this mistake. They say, well, the fund is averaged 7.89, let's just say 8% for simplicity, 8%. And so that should be what I can get in this fund, 8%, because that's what's averaged since 1974 uh, when I was only four years old. So we have a huge track record of the fund giving us a pretty decent return. Thus, I should be able to you know, plan for getting 8%. And then I say, but it's only paying 3.4 right now, according to the yield that they're showing. So you're not getting 8%, you only get 3.4. And then rookies will say, but I don't need to pay attention to the yield, I should be able to get the 8. And it's just, you're not going to get the 8. You're only going to get the 3.4, maybe a little bit more on the of a capital appreciation or a little bit more on the down, if you've got some down, but it's not going to be much. We can range this from about 3 to 4% for an intermediate corporate bond fund. It's just, you're not getting much more than that. Historical numbers mean nothing. No, so let's show you what I'm talking about. Why is this fund averaging uh, average 7.89% going back to 1974? Well, let's look at the historical data on this. Let me get a drink of my water here, my U.S. Army water cup. My wife got me. So I'm going to share with you. This is how you know the fund is not going to give you 8%. And it's not just this fund. It's all the funds that are corporate funds that have been around for a long time. If they've been around for any significant couple of decades or more, they're going to have nice numbers that look good, but in reality, they're not going to be made, they're not going to be attained. And so, watch this. All right, so let's go back to 1974. Look at that: 75 and 76, 23, 21. Then watch this right here: 82, 83, 84, 85, 86. 
Now, this may not mean much to you, but this is when inflation was running rampant in U.S. society. And then a guy named Paul Volcker with the uh, the blessing of Ronald Reagan started getting there and they kicked the inflation butt uh, by basically raising the rates in order to get the what they did is they just say, hey, at the end of the day, we're going to beat inflation. We're going to raise the rates. We're going to cut taxes, blah, blah, blah. And they did. They won. But it was some painful times in there. And the bond market really went off because the rates were higher. In fact, you could have bought a 10, a 30 year treasury right here in 1982 and you're getting 15 and a quarter locked in for 30 years, 15 and a quarter. And so, I mean, look at that, 28%, 10%, 14%, 19%, 12%, 23%. So basically the first you know, 15 years or so of existence, this fund was averaging well above 10% a year with only one down year was at 1978 because the rates are higher. I mean, they just were. Again, a 30-year treasury bond right here was yielding 15.25. But watch what starts happening. Starts going down starts going down. You got a couple down years, a couple up, a couple down years, a couple up. And then the years start going down and down. And again, a down year up. And that was in 2008. And look at this. I mean, so you get a down year up, down year up, but we're not getting anywhere near or last 20 years, anywhere near what we get in the first 20 years of this fund's existence. And the reason is simply is because the yields. So the yields are so low, um, you're not going to get those rates of return unless we have a an anomaly like 2008, which we got hit pretty hard for bond fund, but we came back roaring the following year when the liquidity was brought back in the market in 2009 when they got rid of the stupid mark to mark mark to market accounting rule. But we won't even get in there here now. But anyway, so you see, we're even when we're down, we're not down that much, and we're up, we're not up that much, we're down, we're not down that much. I mean, even here, we're down five percent, we're up huge, down three percent, we're up huge. And I mean, so you can just see how the bond market works. It's just it's slowly, 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 slowly reverting to what the current yields are. And the current yield on this fund today is 3.4. And I can almost assure you, even though TSP doesn't say it, but the current yield on the F fund is going to be less than 3.4 simply because they have government bonds in there. And the government bonds do not give us the same yield as the corporate bonds. And so what happens is if we have the USAIX, which we've proven now, to be heavily into corporate bonds, have a much higher volatility in terms of ups and downs. Uh, and we saw that in 2008, we saw much little, we got killed uh, and for bond fund got killed 5% and then it turned around had a great year the following year. TSP, that didn't happen. The F fund didn't happen. So the F fund just inherently has more risk averse bonds. And because they have more risk averse bonds, they're gonna have a lower yield to give you a lower rate of return. So the F fund, in my opinion, if I had a choice, if I had to choose between the F fund or G fund, I just choose a G fund. I mean, just because the F fund, I mean, <laughs> you're getting a little bit more return for a little bit more volatility. It just doesn't seem to make a trade off to me simply because you're not getting that much more than the G fund. And the G fund has a has had never had a down year. Now, that doesn't mean you don't buy the F fund. Frankly, I, I don't I'm not a huge fan of bonds, generally speaking. But at the end of the day, you've got to understand what you're getting into. You are getting into a fund that has more downside risk in the G fund with not that much more upside. It just doesn't. And you just tell, look, I mean, see, we got, here's a G fund, no down years at all, not even in 2008 because it's the government bonds, not in 1994, not in 1999. Here's the F fund, had a couple down years. Again, not much. At the end of the day, let's, let's see what it tells us returns. It will give us a return history. Uh, the G fund is up 2.37, uh, 2.39 over the eight, over the last and the F fund is up 4.27. So oh, that's actually, mm, that's not too bad. In fact, 
in that case, maybe I would take the F fund over the G fund because the F fund does have government bonds in there. Um, yeah, I think I probably would. If I had to choose between one, I'd take the F fund over the G fund simply because it does have government bonds in there plus corporate bonds as well. The G fund is over gov all government bond funds. So yeah, let me scratch that. I, I would take the F fund over the G, uh, more diversified, more upside potential for sure. And on top of that, uh, it does have a lot of back steadiness in terms of the, the risk exemption by having government bonds in there as well. It does have downside risk, don't get me wrong, but that's the big one right there in 2008. It didn't get hit at all, and that uh, that's good. So that makes me pretty comfortable. So that's the F fund. I, I do like that, actually, now I think about it a little bit relative to the G fund. Um, but you just got to understand, you're not going to get returns if you're looking at historical rates of return on bonds. I, I literally don't care what bond it is, the F fund, the G fund. I don't care if it's a Vanguard bond fund, a Fidelity bond fund. It uh, yeah, was the guy's name, Bill Gross, who used to be with uh, PIMCO. Did he go to Janus? Anyway, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're not getting the rates of returns that old bond funds show. Just you're not, not until the interest rates go up. And we know that because of this right here. Uh, the coupon that we just had, or the yield that we just showed you, which is all that matters when you're buying into a bond fund today. So the days of seven, eight, nine percent returns the bonds are gone. Again, you're looking at here 3.4. So in a corporate bond, you're looking at between three and four percent. In a government bond, you're looking at probably two to three percent uh, for the next you know, decade. Really, you are, and that's you know, that's not much to write home about. But given the fact that there's a lot less risk in the F fund relative to the performance it gives relative to the G fund, I do like that more so than the G fund for sure. So I take back what I initially said about the G fund. I mean that that's pretty significant. I mean that's. That's a doubling rate of return without doubling the risk on the F fund versus the G. So I like it better for sure. Um, anyway, I hope this helps. Just keep in mind, again, you, you can't get you can't make water from a rock when it comes to fixed income investing, the G fund or the F fund. You're not going to get much in your pro in your as you're anticipating future rates of return. You're not going to get much than roughly three to four percent. You're just not. If someone says you are, I want to know how. I mean, I, I need to have that validated. How are you going to get more than 3 4% in fixed income? The only way they're going to do it is they're buying junkier stuff, more risk to credit quality. There's no other way around that. You're not getting 5% get rates, coupons, and government bonds, which are safe. You're not getting 5% in high-quality government uh, corporate bonds. They're just not getting them. I don't care how far you stretch out your maturity, 30, 40 years, there's no high rated government, uh, highly rated corporate or government bonds going to pay you 5% uh, for 30 years. They're just not out there. And so unless you're taking on more risk, in fact, that gives me a side note on my Facebook feed. This actually ticked me off. I saw there's a, an article, not an ad, I mean, excuse me, an ad. They're saying convertibles. You can buy a convertible bond. And right now they're paying between 12 and 17%. And they actually had a bunch of people who liked it. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then they quoted Yahoo, our same Yahoo right here saying convertible bonds might be the greatest, might be a great option going forward in this low interest rate environment or something like that. I can't remember. I said, that's crazy. If you're getting 12 to 17% as a yield, that just simply means the price has been so hammered that no one wants to hold those bonds, which is why the price is dropping. The yields are high. I just remember if the yields are high relatively to everything else that's out there, that simply means one and one thing. The price has dropped. There's no getting around that. Why has the price dropped? Because no one wants to hold up the, the, uh, the position. I mean, if the yields are high relative to the average, that means the price is low relative to the average. And the reason the price is low relative to the average is because those bonds have a heck of a lot more risk that they're going to go kaput 
as opposed to paying off at maturity. Nothing that's out there is paying more than 5% is a low risk environment in the bonds. Nothing, my friends. And that's why TSP is never going to give you a huge 12 to 17% yield on a bond. I mean, TSP is not going to do that. They're going to keep it safe. They're going to keep it simple just so you can get a decent rate of return without taking a lot of risk, which is, again, at an incredibly accommodating fee, too, by the way, which is why I'm a big fan of TSP. All right, my friends. Well, if you like what we talked about here, if you have questions, thoughts, concerns about the F fund, let me know. Uh, just reiterate again, of the two fixed income funds, if I had my choice, I would go with the F. Absolutely. I think it's better. Uh, I don't know your circumstances for sure. How much should you put in the F fund? We'll talk about that in the future episodes as we uh, finish up these other three TSP funds. Don't forget to subscribe again down there. Put comments in there for sure. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, love to hear them. Thumbs up are always helpful. And as always, uh, share uh, the video with some folks that you might find this in the help formative for sure. And, uh, and then go to Heritage Wealth Planning. That's a blog post I have, heritagewealthplanning.com. We'll see you next time on the Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel. Thanks, guys.